Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. So I can officially say that this is the guest that I'm most in love with. <laughs> he was my husband. I'm so excited for you guys to meet him, and I'm bringing him on for a few a few reasons. Number one is I think you are a good friend. You're my best friend. And number two, I think the way we do life without being competitive is unique in a marriage. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. And whether you're married or not, I think this will bless you because it's really because of how awesome you are, babe, not because of me. It's really a picture of how we should be in relationships. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear from him. So Zach, why don't you start by just telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, hi guys. So I'm Zach, and what what do we need to know about me? Well, what do you do? What do you what do you love? What do you care about? Yeah. So I guess I'm a starter. Uh, God has made me a starter. I find my uh, most excitement on the front side of projects, whether that be businesses, uh, whether that be planting a church, starting a nonprofit, and I've kind of participated in all three of those realms uh, over the past. 20 years kind yeah. of in our marriage. Which and is what's crazy is we both are starters. So we get tired sometimes. Yeah, we do. Well, the one thing that we've learned is that we can't both start at the same time. Yeah, we take turns. So whose turn is it right now? It's my turn. Except for the podcast, which we just started. But you, <laughs> but you never stop starting. I know. So I have to find space <laughs> sometime. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot bigger projects than me. So. Okay, so let's talk about our family. We have four kids. I don't know if we've said this on the podcast yet. They are all four wired the same as us. If you can believe it, we are an entire family of entrepreneurs. So much so that our son has started three companies and all three were profitable. Two were dissolved only because of the school that my son was in. He was making so much profit that they had to shut him down because he basically had a snack locker, which was, it was a drug locker. similar to a drug locker because <laughs> there was a line every day. And the school was like, we're really proud of his ingenuity, but you cannot make this much money on school grounds. <laughs> and and so we, and we have all four of our kids, even our adopted son is just really hardwired to create. And maybe it's because we raised them on Shark Tank. We literally watched that show instead of cartoons or any other thing. We have seen every episode of Shark Tank, which is a lot. The show's been going on for a long time. And I think you are the king of it all. Like you are very secure in the fact that you are good at starting things. And so he raises money for companies. And he also participates in a lot of other ventures that are not even ones that he uh, specifically works for. So he helps other people with their ventures and dreams as well, which If Gathering, he's on the board of If Gathering and has been right beside me with everything that I build and has been an incredible cheerleader as well as a good friend through it. So what I want to talk about is just how our friendship was built in marriage. It was not built easily. We have struggled. In fact, the first five years of marriage were pretty dark and hard. So let's talk about our friendship. And it was not easily won. We have worked hard to be such good friends. So talk just a little bit about what road we chose to get to where we are today. Well, when I think about uh, what I fell in love with um, when I met you, it was your passion. It was that you were a dreamer, that you were emotional, and you were up and down, but you were going to follow Jesus no matter the cost. And 
that girl that I fell in love with, I think uh, because of my insecurity early on in marriage is what I essentially tried to stifle, almost kind of kill your passion because I, I couldn't control it. And because my view of maturity in the Christian life was about uh, keeping your poise uh, and consistency at all costs. I thought that was maturity, and uh, that wasn't who you were. And so it led to some tough early years for us, so much so that, that I, I didn't feel like I knew what to do with this, this human that I was married to. Yeah. And so I came home about year five, and I had felt like I just kind of had lost my personality because I desperately wanted to please you. And as strong as I am, I cared a lot more about our relationship than I cared about anything else. And so I I think almost out of idolatry, I really squished everything that God had made me to be and realized and was convicted that that was not pleasing God and that was not obedient. That was fear. And so I came to you and said, I really think we need to go to counseling you weren't so sure about it. I think that caused you to feel what? Yeah, I think I think that any time that we got in conflict early in marriage, I always was thinking, how do I fix this? And if I couldn't figure out a solution, or if we c- continued to have the same fight over and over, it felt like that I was a failure. And it was like, this is, I'll never be good at this. Mm-hmm. I'll, ne- I'll, I'll never be able to be what you need in this moment. Yeah, we and got we got married as little babies. kids. We yeah. were twenty. We were y'all. We, we were, were twenty, and yeah, I, I think it is. There's some blessings about that, but it also was you know we weren't mature and we didn't know how to do things. But I honestly see these same issues and struggles. Whatever age you get married, I, I think that what you can tend to do is want the other person, and this is true in all relationships, to be what you need them to be, and figuring out how to lean into what that other person needs rather than what you need them to be. That is what we've had to learn over time and years. And so we go to counseling and it was hard. I mean, we were in counseling for a year and a half at that point in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And it was every week we had no money. I do not know how, looking back, how on earth did we pay for that? It was just a priority to us. And we knew if we don't put this work in, like we're not going to make it. And and so we committed to go, and that year and a half, I think, shaped the rest of our marriage. I mean, we became different people through that. We became best friends through that. There was a unity and an appreciation of each other's differences. Instead of trying to control each other, I think we found the freedom to appreciate each other. And that changed everything. Yeah, so I had no idea what to do with emotions uh, early on in marriage. And so it was like that I got I got served this whole plate of emotions because I thought they were evil. Uh, and then all of a sudden I started recognizing that, wait, God, that's that's how we connect. That's how we have empathy. That's how we worship God. And so what sent us to counseling as we need to work on marriage and and tools for marriage really for me became this is how I connect with God. And so out of that, the, the, the big picture takeaway is that my worship got deeper and increased. And, oh, as a byproduct, I was able to have empathy and, and connect with my wife uh, in an emotional way that I didn't prior to. And so the funny thing is that Jenny was the one who would be conflicting with me early in marriage. And I would, because I didn't know what to do with her emotion, I would kind of turn over in bed and go to sleep. 
because it would be better for me in the morning. And I just didn't want to say the wrong thing. Now, it wouldn't be better for her in the morning. But what happened was, is after this 18 months of counseling, all of a sudden I became an emotional infant for the first time. And I was like a grenade going off, just exploding of God having to sanctify my emotions. So now We've got two fighters in marriage, <laughs> and we've had to learn Still that do. way. And we have to <laughs> apologize to our kids yeah. when we fight in front of them. Well, and I just feel like we went from a pretend relationship with a lot of guards to a deeper relationship. And it was harder. I mean, we did fight more, and there was a lot more emotion and difficulty in our marriage, which is ironic. And yet it was so much healthier. Yeah. And so, and I don't even know if I would use the word pretend. I, it was just all we knew. Yeah. Right. And when we got that third party and when we were given tools and seen a different way, it just allowed our relationship to go deeper in ways that we just didn't know existed. So now we've been married 22 years. That is so long. I cannot believe we're this old. And our kids are every age. We have elementary, middle school, high school and college age kids. So it we are running the gamut of life stage as far as what's in our household. And so we've been married 22 years, and we're both leading and building all different types of things, and we have this awesome friendship. Like there is – I mean I really can't imagine two people being married and being better friends than we are. Like we enjoy each other so much. If anything, our kids always complain. They're like, (laughs) y'all love each other too much. Like y'all need to – Get a get a life outside of each other because they want you know us to not talk on the phone all the time and be crazy about each other and they certainly don't want us to kiss in front of them or touch ever but we are in That's love and we are it's our job we <laughs> we've never listened to them about that and they just still cringe but I think what's fun about our marriage is that primarily that I what's my favorite thing is that we are such good friends so mm-hmm. let's talk about um, marriage now because it would be easy in fact you constantly get the question of like is it hard for you that your wife has such a public face facing platform Mm -hmm. and is such a strong leader and leads so many different people around the world. And you've always just smiled and been like, it's not hard at all. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that journey and what it's looked like to be my biggest cheerleader because you genuinely are. Yeah. It wasn't always easy. I think early on what what happened was, is that uh, we were merging our church. So I pastored a church and so I was on stage and you were raising our three kids And really about the same time as we were merging our church and I was kind of stepping off stage and handing off some leadership of our church, that was when you were being thrown on stage. And so it was really an interesting kind of vulnerable time for me to process of, well, what does this mean for me now that I'm not on stage? And then what does this mean? Uh, we, We had no idea what was about to happen uh, kind of with ministry and kind of your public platform. We didn't we didn't necessarily see that coming. But whenever I started feeling the insecurities, uh, because I recognized that uh, this was going to cost our family, whatever we committed for you to do outside the home, outside the, these young kids, uh, it was going to cost our family. And, and I remember kind of taking some time away and just praying. And what I just came back to is just Ephesians Five of the, how Christ nourishes the church. He cherishes and nourishes the church. And I was thinking about how I do that with you and recognizing my wife has been given unique callings and gifts and opportunities. And there's going to be a day that I stand before Jesus and I give an account for how I stewarded my wife's gifts. And so uh, for me, it was at the end of the day, if God's call on my life 
is to pastor my family and just to pastor my family and the call on my wife's life is to pastor and to shepherd thousands of women. Like if that's all, is that okay? Is that okay? Am I content with that? Is that a life worth living? And I could say without a doubt, absolutely. And so getting to that place where I was secure in my identity in Christ and, and it didn't depend on my role, my job, my financial status. I was still leading my family. This was not a this was not a me being passive. This was me leading in a way that just definitely looked different than probably what I pictured going into marriage. Well, and let's talk about that for a minute because you do lead me. As strong as I am and as feisty and passionate as I am, I really do rest in your leadership. And so much of what I have done in the world and do in the world is not because I wanted to do it. It's because you pushed Mm. me to do it. And you've said, you're going, you're going to do this. Mm. And you've known, and it's because you actually really believe in the kingdom of God coming. And you really believe like we're going to be accountable to God for Mm. our gifts. And and so you have helped me steward mine better and bigger than I ever would, which I don't think people would believe. I think they always think, oh, gosh, is this hurting your marriage? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. Like, he's the one that makes me go do all this stuff. And I, I love that about you because you really do believe in eternity. And you really do believe that our lives um, and how we spend them matters. And it's helped me stay faithful and obedient because mm-hmm. I'm way more of a wimp than anybody would think because – I like comfort. I like my robe and my bed. (laughs) And so you've been not just the person that says yes, you're the person who says you're going to go. Well, it's kind of like we, we, I mean, we view each other and our family really as a, a family ministry unit. And this is the collective output of our family ministry. And sometimes it looks like you, sometimes it looks like me, sometimes it looks like our kids. Yeah. But we we all recognize that we play a role in that. And just sometimes different people are on stage. Okay, so this is I want to take just a minute and go here because when I think about the world and what it tells us, there is this idea of competition in families mm-hmm. that if somebody goes out the door and wins, that everybody else is going to be resentful and bitter mm-hmm. about that. And mm-hmm. that has not been our experience at all. It makes me so mad when I see movies about this. Like we went and saw Incredibles 2 and, you know, the dad was bitter because the mom was succeeding. And I'm like, what kind of storylines is our Hollywood building? That's not how it works. Like we feel like a family unit that anybody that walks out the door and succeeds or risks something or goes and creates something, like we are going wild for them because mm-hmm. we know that they're an extension of the the work of our family. And so I think we we definitely see each other as a team. And when somebody wins in our family, it feels like we all won. And we're all celebrating that that thing in that person's life. And I think, you know, this idea of individualism versus a family unit, like it just it's not how we work. Mm-hmm. So when I've won, like it's as if like he cries about the work I do a million times more than I cry about it. He cries all the time. Every time I speak and he listens, every time something good happens, like he tears up. And I know it's because you feel what? I don't even know. You don't know. Oh, I'm tell just me. so proud of you. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you because some people, like you think of the Apostle Paul of, of going away into Arabia for years and and as a, as a new Christian and learning scriptures, and then all of a sudden we get what we get in the New Testament and like, whoa, Paul's, his theology is so deep and he's so grounded. Some people get that opportunity 
You got thrown up on stage, and not that God hadn't grown you off of stage, but I've gotten to watch you in marriage and God grow you kind of up in front of people. And so that's that's who I'm married to, and that's who lives in our house, and it's the same person that that is out there in a public way. And so so there's integrity there. And so uh, and so when you go out or or you or you produce a book or a Bible study or a podcast and I get to see it or get to listen to it, it absolutely makes me emotional because I'm just so proud of the work you're doing. It's like we don't want to put stuff out in the world that is just neutral. We want God to use this. And so yeah, it's easy to be your cheerleader. <laughs> okay. I love you so much. Okay, what we're going to do now, I have these questions that the team has built for us, and they're cut up right in front of me, and I'm going to open them and read them, and you hate this game. You ready? Do I get, like... A pass or a next question no. or a mulligan You have to something. answer it because that'll be the best answer if you hate the question. You ready? Okay. These are going to be awkward. I feel it. Okay. okay. How do you press through the not so fun days and seasons of marriage? We don't have them. Oh, shush. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, right. That's my answer. Yeah, right. Oh, do I get to continue? Yeah, right. Just y'all. He's kidding. Well, if, if your happiness and your joy is based on your spouse or your circumstances, then it's going to always be unfulfilling. Always. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to result in, because, because Jenny, Jenny is not who I worship. Uh, I, I don't, I don't idolize her. Uh, she's not the primary goal in marriage. And for us to say, you know what, we're about the kingdom of God together. That's when you start looking at circumstances. That's when you start looking at seasons of whether it's sickness and suffering. And you just you just go, there's these circumstances. This isn't all there is to life. Uh, there's a greater purpose. And so, you know, my, my, my simple answer is just that's life and you don't bail on life. Amen. You don't bail. Ready? What do you – oh, this is to me. Jenny, what do you like most about Zach? I love your steadiness. I love that I'm all over the place, but you're always the same. And you're faithful, and you've been such a faithful dad. And our kids just know they can count on you. And I know I can count on you. I also know that you will tell me the truth. And sometimes that truth is hard. And I have learned to value those people so much in my life that will just say what is true because I know that will make me better. And I love that... You are so for me, and it helps me to trust your leadership because I know that you're for me and you're for God, and you've deferred yourself over and over and over again in our marriage. And yeah, I like all that. Mm, thank you. <laughs> I received that. You didn't cry. I cried. <laughs> okay, next. What rules do you two have for your marriage? Do we have any rules? We're not really that way. Are we that way? I can't think of rules. I mean, we have some things that we do consistently. Like, we go on date nights. We go on date nights. Like, we were just talking about our first dates and how poor we were. We lived on $500 a month, but we did have our housing paid for because he was a football 
player in college because we got married so young. And we used to go to Big Lots and we'd take $10 into Big Lots and we would see who, we'd take a cart and each of us got $5 and we would see who would get the best stuff for $5 at Big Lots. And we still have stuff like that pancake yeah. pan. So the strategy for, <laughs> strategy for Big Lots is if you go into Big Lots looking for something, you won't find it. But if you go in open-minded. Open-minded. We were always open-minded. You and then can we went, find something to we buy went for to, And then we go to Fuddruckers after that and we'd get the kids meals and we'd spend $10 there. We had the best date for $20. But we have always had date night. Almost every stage of life, even with our kids were young, we would get friends, switch with friends, or we would have family members, or we would pay for a babysitter. But we just always had a date night. And I we still do. Now our kids are old enough to watch themselves and they, you know, look up and we're gone. They don't know where we went. <laughs> we just leave them. You know, the <laughs> other, the other thing that we, we do is, is really annually, usually around the new year, mm-hmm. get away for about 48 hours, usually to just kind of assess. We do the dream guide mm-hmm. together, but really assess, you know, what God did in our lives uh, this past year and, and where we think he's leading us together individually as a family, especially when we've got six different calendars uh, that we're working through. What we have learned, and you and I, we run our engines pretty hot, and what we've learned is that if, if we can almost break our year down kind of into three different segments, like two semesters in a summer, that we'll get to the end of that semester and we may say, ooh, we went too hard and we can't, we can't do that again, but we can always get through a semester no matter how hard it is. And so I think looking at our lives on an annual basis and breaking it down, uh, I think has been very, very helpful for our marriage. Well, and the other thing, we reserve the right to call it that we need a counselor. So we have continued to see counselors in our lives and kind of kept one handy so that we can talk to somebody if we really get in a stuck place so that we don't fight too much on one issue, like we we tend to get help when it's not we're not making progress. Yeah, on if it. we're moving to a new city, rather than waiting till everything hits the fan, it's like let's go find the counselor and let's share our life story with them so they know us <laughs> for when that does happen. Yeah. Okay, how has God changed your view of fun and marriage in the last five years? We have so much fun. We're good at this. I'm gonna brag. Okay, we're good at being fun. And I think the reason why is because our kids would say, y'all are just fun. And it's because we have prioritized each other. I don't think we've stopped our lives and our relationship Mm -hmm. because of work or our kids. Like we continue to find things to delight in together. Like we just learned to fly fish. It was really fun. We went in Colorado and we just both went together and it was just the best day, like learning something new together. And we had the best time together. And I think we just always are willing to step out of boxes. And I mean, sometimes it's, it's like you being bossy, like get out of bed. Like we're going to go for a walk at like nine o'clock at night. Like one time I was just in the middle of some Netflix and you were like, get out of bed. Like we need to go for a walk. And you made me get dressed and we go around the, you know, walk around the streets and talk and laugh. And I just feel like we do our best to not get stagnant and we keep exploring new things and we do that together. And that makes our life more fun. Agreed. Do you think I'm fun? I think you're fun. And, and, because <laughs> because so we're best true. no oh, I really do we we're we're best friends and so you don't have to even be doing anything I know right because we just like being with each we other just go hang out and go to a restaurant and order appetizers and catch up okay what three things would you tell your twenty two year old married selves looking back this is our last one 
I would say chill out. <laughs> you two would you say are, that to me? Or did, I'd say it to, to both, both us. of us. I'd say it to you too. I think I would tell them that they need to hang on, that they're going to have an amazing marriage one day, but they need to do the work, like not to settle and not to settle as learning to be decent roommates because I think we could have gone that That's route good. and we would still be surviving because we probably wouldn't have divorced just out of conviction, but we would not be best friends. Yeah. And that's what I always tell young couples. I'm like, listen, when you get married, I don't care if you have problems or not, you go to counseling and like figure each other out mm -hmm. because you want to have not just an okay marriage that you survive. You want to be married to your yeah. best friend. And that's not easy. That takes work. The greatest marriages that we have been exposed to that we've been, that we want to be around are marriages that have suffered, that have struggled, that have had to do hard work. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'd have known that at 22, I, I wouldn't have been fearful of counseling. Uh, I wouldn't have been uh, fearful of, of a wife that I didn't understand. I wouldn't have been fearful of failing. All those things that we waste a lot of energy on. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you just look back at the providence of God and, and go, okay, maybe we would have heeded that or maybe not, but God still kept us. He held us, and 22 years later, that's good. That's good. That's real good. communicate with you and let you know the things that are happening with the podcast and ask you some questions as well. So text Jenny Allen, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N to 31996. That's Jenny Allen, one word, to 31996. And we will add you to our text stream and we'll send you all kinds of fun stuff, free stuff, communication and questions. We want you to be a part of the conversation.